Welcome to We're All Mad Here, a podcast aimed at dismantling the stigma surrounding mental health conditions, opening a discussion, and facilitating understanding one story at a time. I'm joined today by Belinda, a 32-year-old mother living in Western Australia. She'll speak to us about the impact that family violence and domestic abuse has had on her childhood and adult life, and what she has done within her own marriage to make sure that those patterns never surface. She describes how her father held her mother hostage at gunpoint and how she feels about her father now. Enjoy. Hi, Belinda. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for chatting to me. So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself to start off with? Sure. Um, So I'm 32. I just turned 32 last week. Um, I grew up on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Um, We left there about four years ago to make the move over to WA with our two children, um, my husband and I, and we're now in the southwest of Australia and we're loving it. So, You experienced some trauma related to domestic violence when you were young, is that right? Yes, yes, I did. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what happened to you when you were young? Pretty much since I can remember, there was there were tensions in the household. I've kind of blocked a lot of it out, but I guess um, my father was very moody. He was kind of one or the other, really. Um, he was either really happy or really sad or really angry. So we were kind of walking on eggshells I guess um, most of my childhood when we lived with him he started drinking heavily when I was about three years old and that's when um, it was the worst for my mother his father died so it kind of he just took a downward spiral and he would take it out on my mum I just remember things like my sister hiding me under the bed and he would never hit me he was always it was always towards my mother it was always after he'd drank or if she wasn't home at a certain time that he expected her to be from netball or a coffee with friends. And, yeah, just memories of him. I've got memories of him dragging her on the floor, holding her over the balcony. She she didn't leave her bedroom for two weeks because she was black and blue from head to toe pretty much. So I remember that. That was pretty vivid. How would you describe the overall dynamic of your family when you were growing up? Kind of normal, which is interesting. Um, but then behind closed doors, as I said, we there was always tension and like we were on eggshells. But he would go through periods where he'd be quite happy and to the point where he was like super happy like and really affectionate and quite a loving dad and he was very adventurous, so we had lots of fun with him. Um, my mum was always quite miserable. She felt she just needed to get through each day and do everything for us that she needed to to be a mum and take us to our sporting and school and make sure we had everything we needed. And at times she would be viewed as, as the ogre, but really it was him because he was manipulative. No one really knew what was happening so how did how did the violence that occurred between your parents affect you as a child? 
I'm lacking memories of my childhood a little. I had trouble in school as well. Um, like I had trouble with keeping focused on my schoolwork and my teachers actually thought like my hearing was bad. Like each year the teacher would call my mum up to the school again to have my hearing tested and that, this happened most years. I, I just found it really hard to focus. Um, I, I had heaps of friends though, like I was very functional socially and like my academics was okay but I just kind of did what I could. Oh, yeah, so how does how does the... I guess the trauma or the the memory of of witnessing this violence affect you now? I'm 32 years old now, so there's little problematic occurrences that come up and I'll get triggered. There was a mass murder just around the corner from us this year and I was severely triggered by it. I felt really down, anxious. I felt sad. I I was emotional. I was an emotional wreck. I was just crying for three days straight and I had all these memories come back that I thought that I'd forgotten about. I started to feel like hate and anger towards my father again, which I hadn't felt for a very long time. I thought that I didn't feel those feelings about him anymore. Um, it mostly more affected me around my teenage years and early 20s, to be honest. It's like I've done lots of work since then to overcome it. I guess it's just this underlying, like I, I can get, anxiety like I'll get fight or flight for no reason sometimes and I'll just kind of feel anxious and like I'm either going to starve or I'm going to be depleted of like just normal human luxuries like that we have like food and clothing and housing and water like I'll just start to feel like I'm in danger I feel like that does come from when I was a little girl I had abandonment issues with my husband that, that I'm still with now. I met him when I was 14, so he's been through all this stuff with me and he just kind of stood by me and supported me. I guess it was hard for him though, but, yeah, I would feel like he was going to leave me. How do you feel when somebody says something like, why doesn't she just leave her abuser? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I have heard that um, and you know, and I've spoken with my mum about that and the re the reason I think 90% of the time is because they're scared and there's not enough support and they can't they can't just leave and go to a family member's house because he knows where that, that family member lives. <laughs> so then you're putting all these other people in danger. Like if we, if he was really bad and he was beating up my mum and it got to the point where we had to leave, which we did, we had to go and hire a cabin because we couldn't go to a friend's house or a family member's house because he would come there and then it would put them in at risk. So it's just not it's not it's not easy to just leave. They don't give up. They are manipulative, vindictive, persistent people most of the time. The the abuser. Yeah. And how did how did your mum eventually leave your dad? I had a conversation with her when I was 12 years old. This is something I remember and I'll never forget and she, and she does too. It's like I woke up one morning and thought to myself, why do we live here? Like why do we feel like this every day, scared and afraid and walking on eggshells and we can't do or say what we want to and like it just became really foreign to me. Um, I talked to mum and I said, why do we still live here? with dad and she said what do you mean and I said I just don't understand why we live with him like we don't feel happy 
with him. Like as soon as he's not here, we're so much happier. Um, and she just kind of jaw dropped to the ground and two weeks later we were in a rental. So I think she needed that boost of encouragement and someone that just believed in her that she could do it because she couldn't really talk to anyone about it. She just masked it so well to keep us protected and and I guess a 12-year-old girl saying that to her just gave her what she needed to just, you know, and it was so exciting and we just like we moved into this shitty little duplex that was like so old and run down but it was just like a palace. We got secondhand cutlery and plates and then this secondhand futon and a beanbag and we got secondhand beds because she was just like it's going to be so much easier to leave the house with him and leave all of our stuff with him and just take our clothes. Did he try to find you after you and your mum and your siblings had left? Well we, we didn't leave to another state or anything we just moved around the corner. Um, right so he knew where you were? Oh yeah. He came into the house one night with a loaded shotgun and I was there. I kind of stood up and said, Dad, what are you doing? And he took Mum and was in siege for about 13 hours at a house that she he took her to. Um, he ended up letting her go. So after that, he went to jail for a year um, and then that's when the cord was completely cut. After that, we kind of li- we had to live in a secret kind of unit for a while and it was pretty full on. Um but mum, mum was in training for a year before that happened because we knew that he was just absolutely losing it. By this stage, he'd lost his business. He was on methamphetamine. He was alcoholic. He had no nothing. Are there any resources that you can recommend to someone in your position or your mother's position? Yeah, I really, like, mum, mum found a good resource and she set, saw a counsellor for a year leading up to the the gun incident where she got trained to deal with a situation like that and I that's probably why she's still here because of the way she talked him down like she kind of negotiate and and yeah have all the these specific communication type of skills with him to talk him out of pretty much doing what he intended to do so I think it's definitely out there it's just hard because you don't know where to go or who to ask and if you are born and bred in your town like we were we didn't want people like mum didn't probably didn't even want to tell the local doctor because that local doctor probably knew someone that knew us and it just it's just so hard this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an amazing online psychology service and what makes them different is that all you need to do is answer a few questions online to let them know what you're struggling with and they'll find you a therapist who's specialised and effective in what you need. No running around or making phone calls or googling. You can go to betterhelp.com slash allmadhere and you'll even get a discount on your first session. Has this trauma and the witnessing of violence affected the way that you have interacted in romantic relationships? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I had so much rage and anger. Like I just was a really angry teenager and even early 20s I just I wouldn't get my way with my husband um, and I would just lash out and I would use fists and, yeah, just it's like that's the only way I knew how. I've been through all of it with him because I guess he was patient enough to wait it out and he knew the depths of the issues that I had. 
Um, it affected us so much. We were both very dysfunctional with the way that we were operating in our romantic relationship together because I came from domestic violence and he came from a family where his parents were um, alcoholics. So <laughs> it can be a recipe for disaster, but we're both very um, really motivated to not turn out like our families, <laughs> if that makes sense. We both had a conversation when I was pregnant that we just, if we were ever going to have like crazy arguments and we weren't getting along and we had this baby that we would not continue the relationship. How do you feel about your dad now? I don't have any ill feelings towards him. And as I said, that, that shooting came up and I did, I started to feel a bit angry again, I guess. So I guess that'll always linger. Uh, yeah, but I don't really go around saying like, oh, you know, or even to myself, I don't wake up every day and say, poor me. Like I feel like when I had a victim mentality around around the way I grew up, it was comparisons and I, f I felt like, poor me, poor me, why did I have to have the childhood I had and why did I have to experience all these brutal things that none of my friends have? And um, that was a really fixed and negative mindset to have. When I started to change my mindset, I started to feel a lot better um, and even just thinking, well, yes, he was a certain way but he gave me so much more. He gave me my passion for fitness and health and he gave me my passion for adventure. Um, he's, he was always very like loving and affectionate, like my mum, my mum not so much. So I just had to look at the positives of my childhood and that we did have really great times as well. It wasn't all bad. Um, and now I don't hate him or like, I don't speak with him though. It's been... I haven't seen him for about 10 years. I made that decision. Is there a message that you can give to anyone who might have suffered in a similar way, who's needing some reassurance or guidance? Talking about it with professionals is really helpful because if you, it, it's not always helpful when you talk talk about it with with friends for example they're not really going to give you the feedback that you might be needing because they might not have experienced it yeah and just trying to remove yourself from the situation the, the safest way possible and to try and find one or two people you can really trust um, and even to try and find someone that that the abuser doesn't know that you can possibly lean on or um, find some safety as well yeah i'll put some um i'll put some domestic violence hotlines uh in the description of the podcast in case there is anyone needing to seek advice um thank you so much belinda for sharing so openly about your experiences i know it must be a really uh difficult thing to talk about i guess um so i really appreciate you uh, spending time today to talk to me about it yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure. Um, I can speak about it now without too much emotion. Um, and I, I'm passionate about domestic violence, especially in this country, and I'm passionate about maybe making some type of change. So, yeah, I'm more than happy. It's not a problem at all. Well, thanks so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too, Jen. Thanks. Bye. Bye.